Welcome back to the National Football Show with your boy Dan Sillian. So yesterday we had a little nugget dropped on the show here about Zach Ertz going to the Buffalo Bills. Why in the world, if you're the Eagles, don't you do everything in your power to try to bring that dude back? The tight end position is more valuable than the wide receiver position in the NFL. Take a look at the last few Super Bowl teams. Look at that position when it comes to a guy like a Travis Kelsey or the guy Kittle or Gronk. Anytime you have a mismatch like that where linebackers can't cover the guy coming off the line of scrimmage and running up the seam, it's a mismatch. It's a complete mismatch. Gronkowski is probably one of the greatest weapons I've ever seen in pro football history, and that includes Jerry Rice. Why is that? His hands. He was great at the point of attack in your run game. He knocked linebackers out, and he has hands like Chris Carter. Whiteouts don't do that. Running backs don't do that. When you have a quality tight end that can catch footballs for you and block in your offensive line for you, dude, that's a dual threat. How many times did you watch Randy Moss in his career when the play wasn't going towards Moss's side? Moss would give you a half-ass effort and not give you full-out effort all the time. Don't need that. Don't want that on my team. That means this. Oh, I see. He's a target guy. We were talking in the pregame show prior to coming on the air. We're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Why would you want a guy like Beckham on your team? Beckham wants targets, not wins. You think that guy gives a rat's ass about winning ball games? Oh, that's right. I forgot. He, he, he thinks about targets and going on cruises and going on yachts. That guy doesn't give a rat's ass about being part of a game. You know what? You know what the great ones do? You, you know the Larry Fitzgeralds of the world? That's a guy I want on my team. Larry Fitzgerald's completely past his prime, right? Arizona wideout. Completely past his prime. But, dude, that guy, you're trying to tell me that there's a better number three in the NFL than Larry Fitzgerald? What he means inside your clubhouse? What he means inside your locker room? What he means on your practice field? Really? You think Beckham is good on your practice field? In your clubhouse? In your locker room? Around your young receivers? In that position group? You think he's a good asset? And you think he, he's a good representation of what you're trying to accomplish in building an organization and having a culture inside your building? You think that guy is a culture guy? Really? Give me one example of that in his career. Talking about the trainers, same thing with that dumbass. And by the way, he was a bad influence on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield throwing his trainers under the bus. Really, dude? Those are the men that keep you upright. How about that stupid stuff he was doing with Hugh Jackson on the sidelines, getting in his face when you got fired from Cleveland? Marvin Lewis hired him, put him on the sidelines, and he was acting like he was a high school quarterback. Beckham gets off that field. He actually looks like he, I don't know, there was some leadership stuff there, and I was like, I don't know. No, here, what always gets clouded is this. Beckham is a talent. But is he a player? And what I mean by that is, man, I can't tell you how many times I've seen talented guys go into the NFL. Superstar 
athletically gifted. The one-hand catch that he does and that one that he had on like Monday night or whatever it was, <laughs> I could care less about that catch. That's his, that's what he's known for. That was a do-nothing game. How about Rice across the middle for 210 yards in a Super Bowl? How about a guy like, I don't know, Edelman making catches in the postseason to win Super Bowls and get a Super Bowl MVP? Julian Edelman has done more in the postseason than Odell Beckham will ever do in his entire life. Julian Edelman has a Hall of Fame postseason career. Will he get to the Hall of Fame? No. Because you know why? We look at things differently today. We look at a one-handed catch. Wow. Wasn't that spectacular? Hey, watch this. Welcome to the NFL, son. And I'm talking to fans out there. Did you think these guys were just common dudes? It's like thanking me for not robbing a bank. You're, you're, you're gifted anyway because you're here. One-handed catch doesn't impress me. A David Tyree catch in the Super Bowl when the game's on the line, that impresses me. Somebody making a critical play in a playoff game, that impresses me. A dude on a Monday night in a do-nothing game making a one-handed catch and that's all he's known for. Oh, and the hair. Oh, yeah, and the um, boat ride. Oh, yeah, and the sideline comments. Oh, yeah, and going after Teddy Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Teddy Kitchens? Freddie Kitchens doesn't matter. Right? What's he known for? You know what a guy like DeAndre Hopkins is known for? Dude, dude that guy makes great third-down catches. Every single time you want something done on third down, that's your boy. That's the guy to get it done. Give me another. Watch this. Would you rather have Julian Edelman? For Who would you rather have if you had to win a game? 60 minutes of football. Quarterbacks are even. Okay? Quarterbacks are even. Kind of play like a NASCAR game here. Who would you want? Julian Edelman? Or would you want Odell Beckham Jr.? I'll take Edelman. Why? Because he's done it. He's got more signature catches in his career than Julio Jones does. He's got more signature catches in his career than what DeAndre Hopkins does. He's got more signature catches than Stefan Diggs. I can go down the list of memorable catches that guy has. And all these people out there, media people, tell me about this guy's a Hall of Fame guy, this guy's potential. And I could tell you a guy who's not even close to being a Hall of Famer has got more catches that I remembered than what your guy does. Great hair and one catch on Monday night that doesn't matter. Congratulations. It's like Jadavian uh, Clowney. He's got two things that we're known for that were, you know, he hurt, he hurt Wentz. And the sack in the Outback Bowl 
when he was at South Carolina. Because other than that, I don't remember Jadavian Clowney doing anything. That guy's never had a double-digit sack here in his entire professional career. And that guy was scooting around the league last year looking for $20 million a year. And I'm going like, why? I could find a bunch of guys. That guy Chandler Jones in Arizona is a better pass rusher than that dude is. Look the numbers up. Look the numbers up, dude. Chandler Jones is a better pass rusher. And it's not close. This guy's got 15, 16 sack years. And this guy's never had 10. And you want 20 million. Well, you better go stand in line, man. Because I'm not signing that guy to my football team. That's why he got less money going to Cleveland. That dude thought he was going to sign a big-time contract and he was going to go and make big money. No, I don't think so, guy. Uh, we'll see what he does if he's an impact. All right. By the way, like I said, too, circling back, Zach Ertz going to uh, Buffalo. Hey, man, I don't know why the Eagles didn't go to the guy and try to restructure a contract. Okay? Try to restart. Do you want to be here? Did they even ask him? Probably not. And, and, and then the way they pissed on him out the door, they probably didn't even want to do that. They probably just wanted to cut clean because he's a Wentz guy. Well, what did you have with Alshon Jeffries in the room? Clubhouse cancer, along with that other guy made a paper mache to Sean Jackson. You had two of the most unreliable wideouts in the league on your roster playing with Wentz. Am I making excuses for Wentz? Maybe a little because I didn't like the character of those two dudes. Oh, well, maybe I'll play. And maybe I won't play. You know, I got to think of my career and my brand. Psst. Oh, yeah, but I got away. I love no other foals. Nikki's the best. Oh, no, I love Wentz. Alshon. <sighs> yeah, that's who I'm doing right here. Hey, Foles is the guy, guys. Foles. He's the guy. He never has to buy a, he never has to buy a sub at Geno's ever again. Oh, my. Hey, it's, it's Foles. Foles. Foles is a substitute teacher that had great games. He's the best substitute teacher, like maybe in NFL history. Okay. Jeff Hostedler, guys like that. Those are substitute teachers. They're never going to go 17 games for you, lead your football team to the promised land. Okay. It was the coaching of Doug Peterson, and it was the coaching of Frank Wright that put that team across the finish line. Let's not forget, too, there were injuries in the postseason that year. Remember? Miraculous catch, too, with the Saints and Vikings up in Minneapolis and all that BS. I mean, think of that game for a minute. So you, 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 had, you had that game, the upset of the Saints, and then the NFC Championship game was Foles versus Cousins. Wow. Let me out of that game. <laughs> hey, man. Let me out of that game. <laughs> TV-wise, I'm sure that pulled the number. It probably did, though. But, dude, you need when, when you're trying to build a football team, how about this? Devontae Smith and Zach Ertz, you don't think that'd be a good passing attack going against the NFC East? Now he's going to do this. They're smart to get him out of the division, and they're smart to get him out of the conference. They don't want to see that guy go to someplace like Dallas. 
You put, you imagine if you put Zach Ertz in Dallas. Now that ain't going to happen. The Eagles ain't trading that guy there. I'm just saying. You imagine if you put that guy in Dallas. Here, watch this. Zach Ertz. Let me put it. Let me. You put Zach Ertz in Green Bay. Wow. Oh, man. If I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd be calling up Mark Murphy and Gunnitz and saying to the guy, you need to get that guy up here, man. That guy's a game changer. So Buffalo is going to continue to add components to their team. And they're going to pay for it. And they're going to put that guy in the offense. And would it shock you if Zach Ertz ends up in the Pro Bowl? Not in your life. Holy cow. That wide receiving core and him and Josh Allen. Why are you looking to make other teams better? Oh, well, you know, he makes too much money. Now, let me ask you something about that. Have you ever really paid for something that's really cheap and went like this? Man, that's really great. I mean, I paid pennies for that. When you pay for pennies, you get pennies. When you think in dollars, you get dollars, man. And what I mean by that is you pay for great things. And when you have good players, you pay for that. Well, he makes too much money. Well, that's on you guys for putting that contract together like that. Good players get big money. That's stupid. And when we were talking to Merrill Reese yesterday about it, oh, yeah, well, uh, he'll, he will not be a member of the Philadelphia Eagles in 2021. He made that very clear. So obviously Merrill knows something. Has no intention of being on that team. That's because the organization has already decided he make get this. The organization has decided he makes too much money. Not that he's not good, but he makes too much money. That's the reason I'm getting rid of a guy. You get what you deserve. That guy goes up there and becomes a pro bowler. That's on you. I got rid of the guy. Boy, he makes too much. So I'll take a cheaper and lesser talented dude. Does that even remotely sound smart? Here, let me hire a lesser guy. Well, you got to pay for, you know, Dan, it's a salary cap, okay? Didn't you just get jettison all them wideouts and all that? You're telling me that you, and plus you can defer money out now because of the new CBA? It's not well thought out. It's just not well thought out. First thing I would have did when I had, got into the offseason, I would have figured out, sat down with that guy, and I would have figured out how I keep that guy. Especially if I'm going to turn the keys over to a second-year quarterback. Especially if I'm going to draft a wideout instead of drafting offensive linemen, which they did in the second round. I get it. You know, the objective is to accumulate good players. Not to sit there and act like the Jaguars. The Jaguars do that. Well, you know, he makes too much money. Yeah, but he's good. Calais Campbell's got to go. Why? Well, he makes too much money. That's not a reason. Have you ever heard that comment coming out of Pittsburgh? Have you ever heard that comment coming out of Seattle? You never heard that. And by the way, New England, you knew that if your contract came up, you were gone. They were not 
you couldn't uh, this Stefan Gilmore deal that's going on up in New England. He's owed seven million bucks coming up. Patriots want to redo his contract. And you know what New England's telling him? New England's telling him, you're going to have to restructure your contract. And is he the best corner in the league? Yeah, he's top three. That guy's a great football player. He really is. But don't you remember what they did with Darrell Revis? Hey, Darrell, you're not going to be the highest paid player uh, at your position. That's just not going to happen, bro. It's not going to happen here. Tom Brady was never the highest paid player in the history of the league in New England. He was never. Remember what they did with, there was a player by the name of Richard Seymour. He was a defensive tackle and he was a perennial all pro and his contract, you know, came up and he walked in the room and said, Hey, I want to have a bigger contract. Do you know what the Patriots did? They traded him to Oakland. Yeah, we'll go get it over there. Then we're not paying you. Do you remember how they got Randy Moss? Randy Moss was a colossal flop in Oakland. They traded with the Raiders, and they gave him like a sixth rounder or something like that. And it was like a six-round draft choice. Moss's career was over. And they rebooted his career in New England. Brady did, actually. Brady and the Pats. But they didn't. It was a, like a league minimum contract. He wasn't making big money up there. Remember how that all worked out? I mean, it was like he was not making big money, man. Restructured the deal. The whole thing was crazy. So you get, you're not going to make a lot of money there. But, dude, getting rid of players because of cash, that's always a remedy for disaster. And the great places, they balance their cap. They, they understand that maybe they have to pay for a certain dude. You, you want to help your quarterback as much as you possibly can. You want to help. Hey, how about this? You're hoping Jalen Hurts pans out. You're not praying against them. It's like in New York, you're not, as much as I kid about Daniel Jones, you're hoping that kid plays out well. You drafted him. You put a first rounder in there. By the way, Eagles put a second round draft choice on him and traded up to do that. That's a big pick. That's a big pick. All right. I'll get to two of them. There was something really cool that CBS Sports did on their website about some of the greatest teams in the Super Bowl era. I'll throw some of my teams out. We'll have a little fun with that. The Big Seals top 10 quarterbacks going into the July camps. We'll do all that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. 
catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show with your boy Dan Silio. Hope all are having a great day. Beaches right around the corner, right? Fourth of July, man. July training camps are... Man, we're like a month out from the team showing up for the Hall of Fame game. Steelers and Cowboys, man. I can't wait for this. Okay, the Hall of Fame game is going to be played. They're going to have like a full house for that game. They're going to combine both the 2000 and 2021 uh, Hall of Fame classes to go into the Hall of Fame. It's going to be remarkable going to Canton and seeing all those great players getting put into the Hall of Fame. I can't wait to see Jimmy Johnson and Edron James from the University of Miami go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, I was talking about coaching and I was talking about impacts of guys. And, you know, I was asked a question last night. It must really mean a lot to you. Somebody was interviewing me last night and asked me, what I thought when Jimmy Johnson was awarded his um, his gold jacket. Well, what'd you think when you saw Troy Aikman crying? What'd you think when you saw Jimmy crying on the um, Fox show? What do you, what, what, what do you think that's about? You know, I've, I, I've told numerous stories about that guy. See, great coaches are traditionally great understanders of the guys that they have on their rosters and they take the extra step by the way they could be tough but you know what they always are i always found the great ones to be fair and direct i was talking to krause a 
couple days ago about our favorite coach, and that's Mike Tomlin. I love Mike Tomlin because you know why? I'll put your ass on blast in 10 seconds. I was talking to Greg Coleman in the last hour about Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's another one of those guys. Mike Zimmer, man, will man, he will drop as many F-bombs as a sailor. And, man, he will get in your ass. But you know why he can get in your ass? Because it's coming from a place of respect. All those great coaches have those great relationships with guys. It's how they maximize your talent, man. I tell this all the time. Dude, you know, there's dudes in the world that are like the PJ Carlissimos or the people who just like to holler. No player hears them. Okay? Let me give you, for instance, one of the reasons why I love Doc Rivers so much. Doc's a former player. Doc was dropping F-bombs last night because you know what his problem with the team was? I texted him last night too, by the way. And, you know, there's a great interview with me and Doc from a couple years ago. I had him on my show. I love Doc Rivers. Doc and I are boys. And you know know what, man? He's dropping F-bombs. Do you know what pisses him off the most? Lack of effort. Lack of mental toughness. Dude, people get beat. You know, I tell my daughter this all the time. You know, she plays D1 rugby. I go, that person that lines up across from you, what, you don't think they're good too? They're going to make plays on you. Honey, they're going to make plays on you because they also are on scholarship. Okay? Like when I played against Oklahoma or I played against Bama or I played against Florida State or Florida, whomever, Penn State, any of these teams, they got good players too. (laughs) Okay? They're going to make plays on you. But what the one thing you can't do is surrender effort. Oh, my God. Effort and conditioning. And that's what great coaches keep you in. You know, I told my daughter, do you know the least talented thing that you have to do in your entire life to be an athlete? You know what it is? What do you think? It takes no athleticism. And this includes everybody from LeBron James to Tom Brady. What's the one thing you have to have zero athleticism, but yet you need it the most? Conditioning. You don't have to be an athlete to be in shape. That's why some athletes don't have the willpower to do it. That takes willpower. Okay? To be in shape, you don't have to be an athlete. Anybody could be in shape, but that takes mental toughness and mental preparation all of that. And great coaches make you aware of that. How many times have you seen great athletes put their hand up or wave and they surrender late in games because they don't have the willpower? What made Michael Jordan so great was Phil. You know, Phil Jackson may not be the greatest NBA X's and O's guys. He had Clemens and he had Tex Winter on the side there with him, you know. But you know what Phil was great at? Phil was great at balancing the dishes like a guy in a circus, okay? I need to push Rodman. Maybe I don't need to push him. I don't need to do anything with Jordan. Jordan's going to be Jordan. Pippen's a crybaby. Got to be a little softer with him. That's why Scotty's got that reputation. They had to be softer. Remember when he cried? And they passed the ball to Tony Kukoc and he wouldn't take a shot late in the game and he was moaning about it. That's kind of Aaron Rodgers stuff. 
That's what they're not getting up in Green Bay. That's why that coach is not helping this situation. Matt LaFleur is in his second year going into his third year now. You know why that you know why Aaron Rodgers can push the organization around? You don't have Mike Holmgren up there. You think you're gonna act like that around Mike Holmgren? Brett Favre didn't act like that around Mike Tom um, Mike Holmgren. Who did Brett Favre at the end act up like? He acted up around Mike McCarthy. That's why Mike McCarthy was hired in Dallas. Because Mike McCarthy is not the guy who's going to put his foot down like a Mike Holmgren would in Green Bay. You don't really believe that Mike Holmgren's up there. Aaron Rodgers is going around and going like this, you know, moving his hair back, getting ready for a golf outing. You know, that's one thing, too, about Aaron Rodgers that kind of pisses me off a little bit here, too. So Aaron Rodgers is out, you know, golf challenges playing the ukulele and whatever the thing was in Hawaii, surfing. Brady's working. Brady's working with his team, and he's working with his guys in Tampa to get ready for the 2021 season. He's already a leg up on Aaron Rodgers, man. And Aaron's the reigning MVP, and he's bitching whether or not he goes, he's being respected or not. Respect. Since when do you think the NFL is going to treat you fair? Aaron Rodgers is finding out. You could be Aaron Rodgers, and they're still going to dump on you. They dumped on Brady in New England. They didn't offer him a contract to stay. They didn't beg him to stay, did they? I must have missed that memo. Do you guys remember them begging? Hey, we just got through talking about Zach Ertz. I don't remember the Eagles going like this. Zach, we really want you to stay. That's not how that works. Carson Wentz. Jared Goff in L.A. They weren't begging that guy, hey, man, you know, we really are wavering on this. We, hey, we're going to make a move. We're going to get Matthew Stafford, who's not won anything, and bring him in here, even though you won an NFC championship. Get that. Think of that for a minute. If you're Jared Goff and you're going, come again? Excuse me, what has Matthew Stafford won in Detroit? Dude, I've been to the playoffs the last couple of years, and I've been to a Super Bowl. What's that guy done? If I'm Jared Goff, I'm looking at that going, okay, wow. Probably an eye-opener for him, too. You think the grass is greener on the other side? We'll see. Goff's got the resume. Watch this. Do I think Stafford's better? I do, but get this. That's an opinion. Goff's got facts. Some of you out there are going, Sills, Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback. Better organ. Okay, that may be all true. We'll find out. We'll see who has a better year. Now, do I think golf's going to go up to Detroit and turn into, like, Don Brady up there? I don't think so. But watch this. Do I think that Matthew Stafford goes into Los Angeles and makes them a contender? I do it because it's a better organization. But I'm not so much saying it because Matthew Stafford's there. I'm saying it because it's a better organization than he's been at. And that could result in some better results for him in the one-loss column. But again, that's a guess. I don't know why we always do this. You know, we, we, we always refuse to look at facts and people's resumes and what they've done. We always have an opinion. Now, maybe that's because I'm in the opinion business. But when I look at people, I, I you know... You see athleticism, but then at the end of the day, you've got to put resume next to it. Does he get the results? 
Aaron Rodgers, do you know what his record is since he won the Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers, I think, is either seven and eight or eight and seven since they won the Super Bowl. This guy's been just average winning ball games in the postseason. First round exits. You know, he likes to play golf and, you know, he likes to be Aaron Rodgers and he likes to do his commercials. And by the way, I'm not telling you that he shouldn't be trying to maximize his name as much as he possibly can. But how many commercials have you ever seen Tom Brady do? Can you name me one? Let me think. Does Brady even do commercials? I think I saw an Aston Martin one. Maybe I saw like a Rolex one one time. Boy, I, I, I don't really see – am I right? May I, I don't really see Tom Brady doing a lot of stuff. Now, I know he sells product on that TB12 website, but I, I don't remember him doing a lot of commo- – I think Baker Mayfield does more stuff, right? Or Dak Prescott does more. And again, I'm not begrudging those players, but Brady's just got a different mentality. All right, let me move on to this. So Cal just reminded me, and plus I got a nice text from Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald that two or through five picks last uh, scrimmage, okay, through five picks. What does that mean when we're talking OTAs here? Okay, you're throwing five picks in OTAs when it's not real. What are you going to do when you're in a real-life situation Don't tell me it doesn't matter in OTAs when we're talking about interceptions. What I don't want to hear is coaches telling me how great the player looks or how great the player is, how great he is to be around. I want to know, was he effective? Was he accurate? Was he throwing in windows? Was he doing all the things that it took to help his football team prepare for the upcoming season? I'm not saying that you got to go out there and you got to look like an all pro quarterback, but man, you got to hit your targets. You know what five interceptions means in OTAs? Five interceptions means he can't read a playbook. If you have any question, it's all about your progressions and all about your reads. Why do you think Tom Brady throws to the slot as much as he does? and doesn't throw plus 25 plays or plus 25-yard plays. Why do you think he does that? Because he takes the high-percentage play. Brady is all about high percentage. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers does this too, okay? But Rodgers has got more big play capability. Well, I think he does. I think it's pretty comparable to what we're seeing in Tampa. Tampa's got some good win in um, Evans and – uh, Gronk and all these guys that they have, and Antonio Brown. There's a lot of talent there in Tampa. I'm not going to dismiss that. But Brady, how many times have you seen him check down the backs? One of the reasons Leonard Fournette has a roster spot on that team, let's not forget something about Leonard Fournette. Two years ago when he was in Jacksonville, he had 77 catches. 77 catches in Jacksonville. I couldn't even tell you who the quarterback was. That Minshew dude? 77 catches, and he had like 1,200 rushing yards. That's versatility. Brady utilized that in the postseason. Plus, he was able to run the ball because the old line was really finding themselves. So, I mean, Tua right now, I would say this to you. 
People keep asking me, Seals, you think the Dolphins have their quarterback? Dan Marino. You know what they did? They pulled Dan Marino out of mothballs. Oh, this guy's got the talent to be a star. Thanks, Dan. No one asked you. No one asked you. Actually, no one asked Tua about his ankle a couple weeks ago. No one asked him about the playbook stuff where he said that, you know, he felt odd calling the plays in the huddle. I'd like to know who called the plays in the huddle when he was in the huddle. Was that the center? Who called, who's calling plays? I'm just saying here, I'm going to make a prediction here. Miami Dolphins still are looking for a quarterback. Tua took a Viola, ain't the dude. Hey, he's just not the guy, man. I don't see it. I think this guy um, is a great college quarterback. I think he did great thing. And you know why he was great, in my opinion, at Alabama? This is going to sound crazy. But when you have the kind of athleticism that you have on the wide receiver position, like Jalen Waddell, and when you have Devontae Smith, and you have a back like Najee Harris, and you have an O-line where all guys were drafted, do you know what the passing lanes look like? Do you know what the vision you have and the open space you have to throw the ball? You're not afforded that ability in the NFL. you got tight windows, and when they're open, they're closed within seconds. These defensive coordinators have degrees like from NASA. When they figure out your weakness, and in my opinion, you know what the weakness with Tua is? Reading defenses. Hey, and just so you know, Patrick Mahomes said that. That his biggest issue was learning coverages. The difference is, is that guy's one of the most gifted passers I've ever seen. He may have had the biggest impact at the quarterback position that I've ever seen since Dan Marino. So Tua is not able to process the intel so far. Five picks? Kid. Jesus criminy, man. You couldn't throw five picks if you were playing with your buddies in your backyard. Dolphins have an issue, and they know it. That's why... They're in the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson. Keep an eye on that. All right. I always do this as we get ready for the upcoming camps. I got my top 10 NFL QBs. I'm going to give you that. CBS did really something cool about some of the greatest teams of all time. We'll hit on all that next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. 
Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show with boy Dan Cilio. Man, it's going to be a great 2021 NFL year. I think it's going to be a great 2021 college football season. You know, not that I bet or anything, but Miami does play Bama in the opener, and they got all their stars out. And my boy, De'Aaron King, I'm going to think all right about this game. Yes, sir, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm trying to convince my, if you could tell, I'm not a very good liar. So I'm trying to convince myself. Okay. As much as, watch as Seals, do you think, you know, Miami's going to hang in there without, a, yeah. Why is my lip quivering? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, how, how do you think that game's going to go? If you keep it under 21, I'll be all right. <laughs> keep the game under 21, I'll be all right with it. You know? <laughs> Start with Bama. Yeah, but that's what I want to do. I go to Miami because of that reason. I want to play the king, man. Don't give me some tomato can. Yeah, we're starting a season out versus uh, uh, Helen Keller University. You know, 
and, and, you know, it, it's a visual issue here, but, uh, you know, they're pretty good, especially down in goal line. <laughs> and that's okay. Well, yeah, we're going to play Little Sisters of the Poor. I mean, you know, or that College Eagle Creek University. It's out of Michigan, right next to Fund Lac, Wisconsin. You know Fund Lac University? I'm not starting my season out like that. And don't call me and want me to come play at your program if you're playing Fund Lac U. I don't care, dog. It's not where I want to go. I want to play against Bama. Okay, because you know why? When I play against Bama, if I have a big game, that means I'm a star and everybody knows who I am. Standing out in the crowd. You want to play against teams like that. You know, I always I tell my daughter, when you play against better opponents, and then when you play against the common opponent, which most teams and seasons are filled with uh, opponents that you'll play, you know how many times that you'll play a really great opponent on your schedule? Let's take a look at Ohio State. How many games do you think they really play every every year where you went like this? Man, I mean, they're playing Michigan State. They suck. Penn State, they're good. Okay. They weren't very good last year. Will they turn that around? Was that an anomaly because of what COVID and all that? Probably. I give James Franklin a lot of latitude because I love that coach. I like that guy a lot. I actually think he could be a potential NFL candidate. Okay, I do. I think that guy's got a great culture going on there. I mean, but la- I mean, we'll see. Had a good recruiting class, but watch this. Is that an 11-win team? I don't know. Who else in that conference? Iowa? That's a nine-win team. Give me another one. Indiana? Had the best year since 1967. I don't know. Give me another one. Nebraska, they stink. Maryland, they stink. Rutgers, they stink. Northwestern, I thought they built bombs there. I didn't know they built football teams. Pat's, hey, Pat Fitzgerald's a heck of a coach. I know that he was uh, being interviewed potentially for the Chicago Bear gig. He turned it down. He'll retire there as the head football coach at Northwestern because that's where he played his college ball. But, dude, man, that conference is – I mean, if you're Ohio State, who are you really playing in that conference? And don't tell me Michigan. You own that conf- You own that conference and that team and that division. So you might play – get this. You might play two teams that are highly ranked. So you don't really play against teams – like, look at Bama. By the way, tomorrow we're going to have the legendary voice of Alabama, Eli Gold, on with us tomorrow too. That'll be in the first hour. Take a look at Bama. Bama will play LSU, A&M, probably jump over to the east and play. They won't play Georgia because they don't like to line that game up in the regular season. They want to have that game, if anything, the conference championship game. So you'll play somebody like Florida on the other side. You'll play – Tennessee over on the other side. But look at these teams that you're talking about playing. You're talking about 10, 9, 11-win teams every week and highly rated. I've always thought the pollsters were against the Southeastern Conference because you know why? They don't want to see the top 25 littered with like eight Southeastern Conference teams. So watch this. You know who like my preseason teams are going into this thing? Got Bama. Watch this, and I'll name you the SEC teams. Bama, Georgia will be in the top five. Um, LSU's going to be way better. Florida's going to be great. Georgia's going to be fantastic. 
Okay. They got a lot of good football teams in that conference, man. All right. I want to give you the big sills, top 10 quarterbacks as we get ready for training camp. I do this every year. And I put a list of these guys together. They could be kind of surprised where I have some of these guys. Okay. And no, Mrs. Hertz, I'm sorry. He's not in my top 10 yet. Let's see what Jalen does as he gets ready for the 2021 NFL season. I start at 10. I get Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray and what Steve Kine, the general manager, have done with that football team, and I think, again, Cliff Kingsbury, I've been pretty surprised that he has turned out to be a pretty damn good coach because I really wasn't impressed with him as a coach when he was at Texas Tech. Let's not forget how he got that job. He was initially hired first as the offensive coordinator at USC. USC decided to stay with Clay Helton, let him go, and he got the Arizona Cardinal job. What was the first thing he did when he rolled in there? We're not sticking with Josh Rosen. He ain't it. And what did they do, which was unprecedented? They went back in the draft the next year, and they drafted Kyler Murray uh, with a first-round pick. And I think as long as he continues keeping that projection going up, and I think when you keep putting great talent around him, I'd like to see more of a running game going, maybe less hits. I really like this kid. I thought he was too small, but he's got a Russell Wilson knack about him on how he stays clean, especially when you're in open space. Doesn't take big hits. It's key. I think the refereeing in the NFL is different than it was during the Cam Newton uh, era too. They take care of these running quarterbacks a little more. I got Justin Herbert at nine. You know, we had Tom Telesco on with us a couple days ago, general manager of the uh, Chargers, and I think they have a loaded roster. They can keep that running game going. They could do a good job on the other side defensively. They've got, you know, with the Boza kid, and they got Melvin Ingram over there, and they got a bunch of guys, especially in the secondary, that can hit. I think the Chargers are going to be one of your surprise teams. This kid, Justin Herbert, by the end of the year, maybe a top five guy. That's what I think of him. I got Lamar Jackson here at number eight. Some may think that's a little low. I think Lamar has a, an Achilles in his game, an Achilles heel in his game, or I should say maybe kryptonite in his game, and that is the fact I really don't believe that he can throw his team out of trouble. You get a 14-point lead on that Ravens team, I think they struggle on trying to create yardage and points. They're not a come-from-behind team. Now, He's won 80% of his ball games, so they're not playing from behind a lot. But when you get into the postseason, you, you are going to play from behind. There's going to be a fumble. There's going to be something that's going to jump up on you there. I just don't think they have comeback capabilities yet in that offense. Maybe he – and I think he does get better because I really like the player and how the player wants to become a better player. I got Dak Prescott at seven. You know, I've fallen in love with Dak. I like his tenacity. I like his approach to the game. I like his approach to his teammates. I like how the league respects him. If the league respects him, that means everyone in that organization respects him, including Jerry. And that's why Jerry, unlike with Tony Romo, they're going to try to get this kid a Super Bowl. I don't think it really is about money. I think Jerry's over that now. I think they really like the kid, and he is a prime face of that franchise. And I, I think the world of 
of Prescott. Plus the weapons. I don't really like Amari Cooper on one side of the football, though. And I think Ezekiel Elliott, I think he's got the Todd Gurley disease. Got his money, and I think he basically, I think he's running on empty a little bit. I've got Deshaun Watson here, I know, at six. I think he's a star. Kid gets over his legal issues. That guy had one of the best passing years, and you would never know it. Played on a horrible football team. And he had a, you look at his numbers, they were sensational. But they just couldn't stop anybody. Imagine that. You had J.J. Watt on the other side of the ball, and you're telling me how great that guy is. He had zero impact on that defensive side of the football. Deshaun's a great player, man. That's why he got that giant contract. He makes $38 million a year. I'd love to have him on my football team. I got Josh Allen at five. I know. That could be high. If you're thinking about it, maybe you want to put maybe Lamar there at five, but Josh Allen, man, I'm just in love with this guy. And I love Sean McDermott, too, the Bills. How he's handling him. Man, you get Zach Ertz in there, too, what's being reported. You're talking about game-changing offensive weapons being added yearly. Last year, Stephon Diggs. This year, Zach Ertz. Man, if they can continue to run the ball, Steve Tasker, who was on with us part of the broadcast team a couple weeks ago, saying they're going to run the ball around 25% of the time when it comes to their game plan. If they can continue to do that, get around four and a half yards of carry, that team's going to be almost impossible to beat. I got Brady at four. And I don't know why I have Brady at four. Okay. I, I really don't. I don't know why I don't. I mean, maybe it's because I can't believe he's defying the law of Father Time. I, 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 it's got to be. I, I looked it down and I go, I looked at all the numbers and I went, why do I have him at four? If I had a watch this, if I had to win one game, one football game, 60 minutes of football, would it not be him? Why do I have him at four? I'm sorry, folks. I can't answer that. Okay. I, I guess maybe my I'm just not believing what I'm seeing. I got Russell Wilson at three. And get this, every one of these guys that help above Brady are combined not as accomplished. I just must be not able to see it. I got Wilson at number three. Look, man, I think he is really one of the absolute gifts to the NFL. He's a great leader, great community guy, smoking wife. I love Sierra. Man. And he is just everything you want in a quarterback. And now they're starting to get weapons around him. DK Metcalf, they're putting him on the other side. They drafted another kid in the NFL draft, this last draft here for him. They're trying to get as many people as they possibly can to help him win a Super Bowl and not get hit. I got Rodgers at two. 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. Come on, man. You'll, you, like, when we had Wayne Larravee on, the voice of the Green Bay Packers a couple days ago, you're never going to see a number like that. You know, you'd be okay with this if a guy had 38 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. This guy has five picks, four picks, three picks, six picks. I mean, he's probably thrown 20 interceptions in the last, what, five years? If that, it's incredible what he's accomplished. And I got Mahomes one. Mahomes is just going to continue to get better. And you have a coach there in Andy Reid who is going to keep fueling his progression. 
teaching him how to read defenses, teaching him how to be a good teammate. He's got everything perfect right now. It's a phenomenal fan base. Every single thing is in the way for him to be a success. So I have a 10, Murray, Herbert at 9, Lamar Jackson at 8, Prescott 7, Deshaun Watson at 6. I've got Josh Allen at 5, Brady 4, Russell Wilson 3, Rodgers 2, and Mahomes at number 1. Patrick Mahomes is a great football player, man. So, all right. Hey, listen, I want to thank everybody for coming aboard like you always do. Hey, Mrs. Ertz, thank you so much for checking us out, talking with Merrill Reese yesterday. Thank you so much for that. We, re appreci we really appreciate it. Krause, thank you. Cal, as usual, man, thank you so much. And do me a favor, folks. Like the show, share the show. Only place you can catch the National Football Show is on the Jacob Media channel. We'll catch you tomorrow going 4 to 6 Eastern, and I'll see you on the flip side.